In this episode of Tech Talk Talk a Tuesday, we kind of forgot what we talked about, but I think there was something about forks and brakes and a lot of questions about those Cove rally bikes. So here's the show. Live from Prop, this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. My name is Jimmy Lewis. This is the motorcycle show where we talk about motorcycles and motorcycle-related products, pretty much just dirt bikes because we're dirt bike tests. I have raced a street bike before and ridden street bikes, and um, that's somebody else is better at that than me, so I don't I don't go there. We also don't talk about racing unless it involves me. I raced a motorcycle this weekend, I think. For me, first time in, I'm guessing, about 14 years since I raced the District 37 race. So, um, uh, yeah, we might bring that up. We'll see. I actually learned a lot by going racing, uh, seeing just a lot of old friends and seeing what it what it did to my bikes and what it did to other people's bikes and how my bikes worked versus how other people's bikes worked. I watched people wind up the Excusatron. I had my Excusatron fully wound up, um, so it was ready going in. But tonight's show, uh, it would not be possible without the fine support from these companies. Uh, these are all companies that I use their products. I trust their products. Um, wouldn't uh, wouldn't be much of a shill if I didn't, right? So, uh, Matt, thanks for figuring out how to do it, even though you're claiming to be sick. Yeah. Was the reason that there were two, not one, but two misspellings in the promotion for the show on all of our social channels that you put up? Uh, was that because you were sick? Uh, yes. Really? Because we've which, we, you know we like which one was wrong? Like, which one was wrong? The, there was there was a there was a word in there. It's I think it was must. That's M U S T M, not M. Uh, SRT or however you spelled it. And then educate, I think might've been the other word, edumacate or something. But yeah, I, I went in and fixed it for you. So uh, don't worry. I, and it took me about two hours. It, it, it took two hours for that pimple to fester up before I could go in and pop it. I just had to let it sit for a while. I was waiting for somebody else to point it out to you. Mm-hmm. What promotion? That's what I don't know. In the, in the, in the, in the on the Facebooks, you know, where you tell everybody the show is going to be on tonight. Huh. Yeah, yeah. There was two words that were all jacked up. Hmm. Yeah, you know, we we like to we like to take the the younger guys. You know, you're one of the younger guys, and and pick on you when you do something wrong because that's yeah. how you learn. Well, you, I like to think I'm past typos, but I'm very clearly not. Oh yes, you need spell check, bro. Worse yeah. than I do. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I could have done better with text to speech and we all know how bad that is. Right. Right. Hey, you, you can also support us by going through our Amazon or Rocky mountain, uh, MC ATV links. Uh, those are on www.dirtbiketest.com. There's a little thing that says support DBT and, uh, that helps, um, it helps pay Matt so he can buy cough medicine. Wow. Matt got a cold this weekend from uh, being out in the, in the cold. In or, the cold. Or potentially riding dirt bikes. I don't know which one it was. It could have been yeah, either one. Probably just being out in the cold. You're kind of a little bit of a wussy when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, so you know me. Okay. Um, let's see. Seat Concepts Hot Seat Hotline is a Zoom meeting chat thingamajigger. It's like you call in, but you can be video. You can even just call in with it as well. I did tell someone. So here's the thing. I get about 20 questions a week that people will... 
figure out my email address and they'll email, direct email me a question. And I've been just taking the time to answer them and type them in. And it seems like since I've been doing this show, it's probably quadrupled the number of questions I get. And I'm not going to, sometimes I would forward them over to Matt and say, Hey, Matt, put this in the show, but I would also type them out the questions. No more typing out questions. All questions are going to be answered on this show. And I'll just, I'll just do what I was doing on a lot of the Facebook posts is when I saw somebody asking a question on one of the Facebook things, I'd say, well, answer that show number 182 or whatever it would be. So that's uh, what's going on when you start asking, especially if it's something that's going to take more than two to three sentences. Uh, I'm just going to talk it out on the show. That's why I do this. I schedule this time so that uh, we can help you out. And uh, that should, uh, that should work. So man, we're getting a lot of people swinging through on the, uh, on the Instagrams here, but Nobody has any questions. I think I've answered every question known to man about motorcycles. Oh, you would I was going to ask if you had an answer for what's the meaning of life. Oh, meaning of life? Yeah. Uh, be efficient. Oh. Be efficient and have fun. Yeah, I was going to say ride motorcycles, but... Yeah. That works yeah. Out. Yeah. I mean... If you're inefficient in riding at motor at riding motorcycles, that's no fun. So, I've I've started to notice this. Like some people take a long time to get ready. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. And, and they're, they're <laughs> and then and then they go riding and they don't really ride. They stand around and talk, and that's not very efficient. And um, time's short. You know, you gotta you gotta make sure you're out doing uh, doing your riding. So yeah, this weekend was my uh, father-in-law's, my late father-in-law's uh, memorial ride, or memorial. Uh, it was his club, his club, the Vikings MC put on an awesome sprint enduro. Man, they got blessed with the weather, so I know uh, for sure uh, Ned was looking down on us. Uh, so we got rain. It rained the week before, and then rain on Sunday morning for about an hour. So it was a two-day thing. And uh, really good, really good conditions. Uh, that club, it's the Vikings. They're known for putting on the Virgin Voyage, so they don't like going through a lot of hoops. But uh, they did a, did an awesome job. I mean, I, I asked some of my friends that have been riding all those things, and they say, they said some of the clubs seem like they're just sending it in. And it's easy to put on a sprint enduro versus a, like, you know, an old 100-mile hare and hound. Mm-hmm. You need less people. You don't have to mark as much core stuff like this. But, uh, man, these guys took some time to really wander around through some rocks and the tests were fun. And um, I liked it. I did there was some long valleys getting up into the rocks and back uh, where I haven't done that for a while. And, I mean, it takes uh, – yeah, I, w- I wasn't ready. I wasn't – I haven't done that for a while. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> did, so, did any of the yeah. – did any like your old – did you have to, did you remember any of your old strategies and stuff like that uh, for that or? Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, it's like the whole, I mean, it like it's, it's sprinted. It like a special tested ISD kind of thing or a, a qualifier we call them. And, mm-hmm. but it's, it's basically really short. Um, It's five. They're about five mile long tests, five or six mile long tests. And you just, you just go. And the tests were about, uh, nine two of them were nine minutes and one was about 15 minutes i guess were the times in them but you just you just hammer i mean just you just you just go but the funny thing is is that and i've always known this i got taught it pretty early is that smooth is fast and that kind of stuff you you can't make mistakes and if you do make mistakes you're never going to get that time back so 
It's just riding right up to the level that you don't make mistakes. And from, from doing, you know, from just knowing how to settle myself down and know how to, how to ride at a, at a, kind of like a, a I, I want to, I don't want to call it a fast trail ride because it's definitely faster than trail riding, but to ride at a fast trail ride level is pretty, um, uh, pretty easy to, uh, to do. I mean, that's just, you just, yeah, practiced it a long time. So it just, it kind of set in. I didn't really, I didn't get tired, but man, did I get sore. Oh. Uh, just cause like the, just, you, you know, the muscles, cause they just, the impacts and stuff. Cause you're, you know, you're racing and you're hitting things harder. And mm-hmm. it was like, it was like at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm like, wow, my wrists and, and, and my shoulders and my, and worst thing was actually my ankles were, you know, just, there was a lot of, there's a lot of really like a, like a lot of up and down and G outs and stuff. And ordinarily, you know, you just kind of would slow down, but I was go ahead and push it through. Uh, yeah, good, uh, good times. Let's go ahead and uh, get right into our, uh, right into our questions. Okay. I'm going to see if we have any. I'm going to go through the ones that came through the chat really quick, just because these are the people that are here right now. Um, so Connor Steele was asking thoughts on the Cove 450 rally. Thoughts on the, the uh, hold on a second. Let me look at the chat so I can see what it's called. I think it's uh, it's the one that we saw at AIM. Hey, if you're, if you, um, are on the Instagrams right now and somebody, somebody requested to join in through the, we can't do that because you, you wouldn't be actually on the show. So if you, if you have, if you want to do that, go over to our Facebook or our YouTube channel and there's a link there and we'll get to your question on that. So, um, Victor asked, which bike did I ride? Actually, I rode a KTM 500. EXC on Saturday and a KTM 300 on Sunday because my 500 did not have a steering damper on it and there were valleys <laughs> and I forgot how much I liked. No, I knew exactly how much I liked it. I just said, I'm going to race the 300 the next day just so I had a steering. I literally rode the 300 for the steering stabilizer and then it was kind of fun to switch up bikes and then, then I realized all day I was riding the 300. I'm like, oh, where's my compression braking? So, uh uh, good, uh, good times. Okay, let's let's uh, run the run the questions there, Chivo. Okay, uh, so I'm, I want to ask that one again. From uh, I think it was uh, Connor uh, Steele's like thoughts on the uh, Cove 450 rally. The coat, his his thing's right off the bottom of my screen, so I can't see it. Oh, the Cove. Cove. Yeah. The oh, the Cove. Oh, the oh, the the bike. Yeah, yeah. The the, the Chinese rally bike. At a, I, I've seen it at a show. I've seen it put on a stand at a show. And so I can't tell you anything about it. I don't, I don't know. Um, it looks nice. It looks good, but um, we all know where it's made. Uh, it's, it's until I ride it. I can't really tell you anything about it. I, I don't do that. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I, what I think. I think that they had a lot of good stuff to look at. They're getting better and better at knocking stuff off. Um, and you know, we'll, when, when you ride it, we'll see. I still haven't seen anything that's not coming from, I haven't seen anything except for some electric stuff. There's some electric stuff that's actually kind of, I'll call, call it jumping the shark, but it is, they are, it is what it is. You know, they're still not, they're still not, um, you know, full on like motorcycles. There's still a little bit, you know, some of the, what do we call them? The, the, the Surons and things like that are getting to a point where, they're they're not bad, 
but I haven't, I haven't really put a whole lot of time in one of those either to, to see how it's working. So, um, when I get one, I, I, I told him, I said, Hey, if you want to bring one by, um, I'll, I'll ride it. So I at least have some experience with it and then I can talk to it. But at the moment, uh, no, no comments, no, no opinions. <laughs> and, uh, I think, I think that there's, there's some videos out. Uh, I saw on like my YouTube feed, I saw some, some people and they're doing all that, that clickbait, like, you know, this versus a KTM 450 rally and, and this versus, you know, Kobe, the, you know, the, 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 the new KLR 650, <laughs> things like this. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I've written a KLR 650. It's probably, it, could it be better in a KLR? I don't know. I have to write it. I have to find out. I'm interested so. by the concept though, of like a straight, like a rally ready straight from the manufacturer bike. I think that concept's really cool. Just anyone could buy. Now that, now, now that they're hitting the nail on the head, you know, using that, it's kind of like the Honda CRF 300 L, the rally. It's, it's kind of like that, except it's one step more on the serious thing. I don't know, you know, cause the, the, the knockoff stuff has a really interesting way of making it look pretty good. And still be a pile of shit. I brought, I bought a Chinese mini bike and it looked exactly like a, a twin cylinder Aprilia 450. Like this, this, which was a pretty trick bike. I mean, it had all the shapes and the angles and everything looked good. It was still built out of pop metal. It had a good motor and it had a good knockoff Honda, you know, um, 110 style motor in it. And, and, uh, but you know, the, 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 I, I forget. I forget if there was springs in both forks, but it was a pile of crap. Then the and the foot pegs kept tearing out of the bottom of the engine. So, mm. um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Victor's been in Tijuana, Hong Kong. Yeah, mm. I haven't seen any Chinese bikes there. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, 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 Mexico is filled with them. I mean, they're they're running they're running those those the those Zingzong you know two fifties and stuff. All over the place. Every pizza delivery guy's riding them, and half of them are stripped down, and they're riding around out in the dirt. So, um, yeah. Okay. So, Bill O'Neill, okay. a simple question: What do you clean your O-ring chains with? Uh, usually, I don't put enough shit on them so that they don't need to be cleaned. Bill, uh, Matt, I meant to say Matt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, Matt? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I'm careful about how much chain lube I apply or chain wax. I kind of been going a little more with the wax as opposed to lube. And a lot of times I'll even put, I'll, I'll usually use just a rust inhibitor, like a, like a penetrant type oil or, a, a you know, like a toolbox, <laughs> excuse me, a toolbox buddy or something like that to, you know, kind of just, I don't really want them to rust. We don't have a lot of, a lot of mud, but what you're trying to really do with your chain lube is keep the water out. And if you want to do that by just coating and piling that stuff on, uh, then it's just going to attract more and more dirt. And I also ride in the sand a lot and the sand actually cleans the chain pretty good. Uh, believe it or not. So this is something I've actually noticed too. Uh, when we were doing uh, the time that I've spent in the sand lately. The, the, yeah, because you're dragging, you know, the sand is deep enough where you're dragging. Your sprocket actually gets drugged down into the sand. And that's like a, that's like a, like a pressure cleaner. Mm-hmm. So, um, man, Victor, Victor's actually able to comment on three different 
platforms at the same time. <laughs> I mean, we, maybe I should hire him to be the producer. Maybe. Well, I mean, he was my yeah. Valentine, so uh, he seems to have some interest in it, at least. <laughs> uh, so, Soupy Socks Enduro is asking, what terrain slash trail condition do you find is the hardest on the bike slash equipment? Okay, back to the last question first, real quick. Uh, Chris Real chimes in like he always does. A good chain and cleaner is ATF. That's automatic transmission fluid. So uh, that seems uh, pretty good. And Marco's trying to messenger in, but Marco needs to go to the Zoom link. So I can't help you. Not yeah. not in. Uh, <laughs> you can't. I can't use that thing to run this show when I'm trying to run this show through these uh, other things. So, okay, what was that question again? I missed it. Uh, so the question was, um, what terrain slash show condition do you find is the hardest on the bike and equipment? Mud. Uh, mud that is like abrasive mud. Like there's um, the, the worst place I ever rode was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was it's like every every water hole had it was basically like lapping compound slash grinding wheel. And it wore out chains and sprockets and stuff like crazy. So I think that's the hardest. And then and then just human environments tend to be for me a lot worse than than dry environments because the the moisture it the bikes don't dry. Um and the the if you get water into something, it stays in there and it's able to do some bad stuff. So that's the I think that would be the that would be the worst is is mud. So we're lucky out here. I mean, <clears throat> I what I noticed, this is what I was gonna say about what I noticed when I was racing is I was scraping my axle nut on a lot of rocks uh, in in some of the tests. And then uh product of the week, the the bulletproof designs chain guide um protector that goes that goes between the swing arm and the chain guide. Uh, was was definitely taking some heat so pretty uh pretty good yeah that thing was a that thing was a good thing i got i got two products of the week so i'll i'll uh, talk about that a little bit later as well somebody says i've been hacked <laughs> nah. we had some people trolling in the zoom chat oh yeah yeah i saw the insta was glitching really bad so maybe it's just uh my well, thing I had, is i thought i had some security put into the zoom chat that apparently did not in let's see here it's probably cutting out all our fans matt just take it off we can we can take some uh hacking what 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 happened uh some inappropriate photo got put on our uh show i didn't get to see it oh was it actually up on the up on the screen like on the zoom link yeah i had to shut you down for a little bit your video Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. What did it look? Was was it a girl? No, it was uh, not a girl. Oh. Yeah. So really? I had to shut it down. Yeah. Well, you, it's probably because it's coming from your, it's because kind of, your, your screen is up on my face right now on the, on the main feed. Yeah. And so showing everybody, so, so it was probably, it's leaking from your feeds into, into our show. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's if it was something bad, that's probably what's happening. <laughs> well, we weren't being hacked. That's not what it was. Yeah. I can tell you that. I know exactly what it was. Oh, okay. What was it? Oh, so they joined, and then I thought I had it to where they weren't allowed to put their uh, video on, their screen on, so then they joined, and then they shared their screen. 
So why oh. don't you uh, keep going on with the show and I'm going to take care of this. Okay? You're going you're to try to fix it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Conrad Serrano, I know this guy. He says, can you help me get my YZ125 running? I've gone through three pistons. Well, Conrad, I happened to see some of the photos you sent George and I was giving him the information that he was relaying back to you. So yes, I can help you get your YZ125 running, uh, but it's really simple. You 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 seem to have had a failure in the the first failure. I think this is the order went in. The first failure looked like the circlip came out, and that caused a lot of the problems and a lot of parts that were that were dislodged, scratched, broken, went down into the bottom end, and that was never uh, cleaned out properly. So the next piston, some of that part, some of those parts came back up. And went in in and helped destroy the next piston. And by now, there's so much junk floating around in the bottom end that you're every time you're going to do it. And I promise you, the next thing that's going to happen is the rod's going to go out. So that thing needs to be completely split, pulled apart. I would suggest replacing the the the, the rod. You know, get a get a crank kit and put a new um, rod and main bearings inside that thing and start from uh, from wherever you know, whatever, start with all new stuff because you're, you're definitely going to need a cylinder. So it's, it's kind of a, a whole motor and then put stock jetting in it. Cause that's pretty much what I'm running in mine. And there, uh, then you should be, you should be good, but that's, that's all it takes. I think that's what George told you. <laughs> so, so that's what I, that's what I told him. So did, did you okay. did you get did you get it fixed? You is your your friend that hacked us? No, you let me deal with that. Let's mm-hmm. see. Uh so Bill O'Neill, how much effect can an overoiled air filter have on jetting? Uh it depends on the oil. If it's a really thick oil, the the thing that it can do is it's just, it's just like plug, you know, it's, there's so much in there and sometimes just running it, it'll actually suck some of it through. But if it's pretty thick, a lot of times it takes a long time, but you know, just when you're doing your oil filter, ring that sucker out. Um, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to completely crush it down to nothing, but one of the tricks that I do, and I have a, you know, usually I have a couple oil filters or a couple air filters I'm doing at the same time is when I'm oiling one and it's a little over oiled, I'll just take my other filter and wrap it around the outside of the other filter and then ring it. And then that oil doesn't drip out. It goes on to the next filter and gets the other filter kind of pre-started so that it's uh it's ready to ready to go. So I think that will uh that'll usually start that. Okay. Um so speaking of air filter oil, rock oil water salt yes it is so the rock oil it's now called eco what do they call it? they don't call it swaf anymore which was synthetic water washable air filter fluid it was called swap now it's called eco eco something i think maybe it's eco oil so that uh that's by far and away the best uh, air filter oil because it's a one-step process it's it's like and they when you clean them they come completely clean and people go well, what happens if you get them wet or whatever well you have to kind of agitate it to get the oil out and i rode my bike into a beaver pond last year and then i actually 
because the air filter was completely soaked because I went that deep. Uh, I had to wring the air filter out. And, you know, so I wrung the air filter out, kind of, it kind of got clean, but I, I didn't totally, I didn't just, I didn't agitate it. I just wrung it out once and then put it back in there because there was enough. And then I probably rode another 40 or 50 miles. When I got back to where I was, the air filter was pretty dry because I was going to service it. The air filter was pretty dry at that point. Down on the bottom, it was still a little bit wet. But when I, when I took it and went to clean it, there was still a lot of air filter oil in it and no dirt had gone through. So um, that's everybody's kind of biggest fear for, for that stuff. But um, there's a lot of petroleum uh, based uh, oils that are, that are good, but man, they're hard to clean. I mean, it's so, I made Matt clean air filters last week because I don't like to. It wasn't that and bad actually. It was, it was a punishment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a pre punishment for his spelling mistakes that he made this weekend on the, on the show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and Conrad it's, it's, uh, yeah, you went back to stock jetting, uh, but what is it back together again? And <laughs> if you put it back together and you didn't take that bottom end apart, it's going to blow up again. Promise. <laughs> Okay. So Victor, Victor has a question. Uh, I'm always worried about a question. I rode a Honda CRF450R two days ago. I noticed the chain slap while riding on a hard pack train, maybe because I was not on the right gear. I'm not used to these bikes. Is it normal? It was a 2010 tune for MX. Uh, well, a couple things. The chain could have been a little extra loose and that'll cause it. It's it's probably a non-o-ring chain, and those tend to slap around a lot more. If the chain buffer pads uh, were were worn out, that would be another problem. Um, and I don't think that that bike has makes any more chain slap. But a lot of times when you're lugging it, and those bikes being fuel injected, and you know having lots of power, you can kind of like lug it, and then that chain that the unstressed part portion of the chain or when you're on and off the throttle will slap. But I'd, I'd be willing to bet if you went back and looked at it, the, the chain wasn't adjusted properly. So, and, uh, FF medic 710 asks, did the bike survive the one I rode into the beaver pond? Oh yeah. It survived. And I rode it for, was it the second day I did that? Six more days. I mean, I put a new filter in it. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, you want to know, you want to know what, <laughs> so the thing it went under and it was under for a long time. Cause when it, when I rode into it, I thought I was going to, I was pretty sure I was going to come back up. And when I went down, I didn't go into it that fast. I kind of went into it slow, but I, I felt like I was crossing a, a, a trail, like a little Creek crossing. And I kind of, I kind of, I, I, when I felt it go down, I decided to go ahead and kind of gas it through to, to get you know, to, to I, I drop down and come back up, but I gassed it. And I went down and then I kept going down. Actually, the bike kind of started wanting to float for a second. So I shut it off real quick. I mean, I just hit the kill button and shut it off. But when I went down there and then it, it kind of hooked on some, some, uh, roots or something like that. So it was kind of hard to, to pull it back up. The first thing was like, I think at the, that point, my phone might've been in my pocket. So I, I pulled my phone out, got my phone up high because I didn't want to waterlog my phone. And then I'm like, okay, I got to get this bike out. So the bike was under for a little while. And when it does that, of course, everything's filling up with water. And the water 
managed to get into the into the uh the transmission so because the engine's hot it cools down there's a vent for that plus the power valve cavity um goes you know can can cause water to get down there. so there's a lot of ways for water to get down there so we ended up pulling the bike out pulled the air filter out saw water replaced turned it upside down pulled the spark plug spun it over got it out and uh and then rode it and everything was uh everything was good like i said i rode it the, ne- the next day i was gonna change the transmission fluid but i don't know why i didn't do it maybe it was beer for god but didn't change the transmission fluid until the uh the next day and maybe the trans i know why we didn't have transmission fluid i knew i was going to have it the next day so i'm like ah, it's not too bad a little wet water and there's not going to hurt anything and it it wasn't it, there wasn't that much water in there cuz i could look through the i opened up the the check hole and not a lot came, you know not a lot of extra stuff came out so and i didn't want to and when i did it 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 was it was milky but I, I didn't want to wait until it settled because the water would separate and the water will generally go to the bottom of the oil. So I didn't want it. I didn't want it to pump oil out. I wanted to get the water out, but anyhow, went ahead and rode it, but I got it really hot the next day going up a long, long hill climb. And, and though that, that, uh, yeah, that water inside the transmission, like, uh, started, I think it started steaming <laughs> and it messed with, uh, messed with the sensors. And it started. So what it did, because that that the vent for the uh, air box and that goes into the air filter, and it started pumping uh, steam into the air box and steam and oily steam into the air box, and the bike like loaded up. So yeah, bike survived. Bike's good. I raced this weekend. It was uh, it was pretty good. I haven't done anything uh, done anything. Kyle McCoy asks Jimmy, have you seen or better yet, ridden the Kobe four fifty rally? No. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I haven't ridden it. What's your opinion? Don't know. Is this is this a recurring question this week? What did they? It must have did, been a did, couple did, articles posted about it. Did they did they release it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's why, you, why, why doesn't anybody believe what the other guys say? <laughs> well, let me. Uh, there's another one here that I don't know if you got to. So Soupy Socks Enduro. Uh, uh-huh. When riding trails, is there a big noticeable difference between 18 inch wheel or 19 inch? Is, or is it more tire style and type, or is it the whole package? Uh, so Soupy, the the eighteen versus nineteen. Eighteen just a it's a it's a smaller sidewall. It's a stiffer tire. It's better for aggressive motocross type conditions, like where I think you know motocross tracks are generally like, like hitting rocks or roots or stuff that's gonna that's gonna a that you need. The, the thing about like rocks and roots is they're, they, they kind of need the tires suspension as well as your regular suspension. And the, the, that, that tire suspension, if it, you know, if you completely crush that tire, it tends to pinch the tube. So, um, you know, in the, in that, that flex, so that, that flexibility that the tire has, the flex that the, that the, that the 18 inch wheel gives overall is better for just mostly off-road riding conditions. Um, yeah, I notice a big difference. I really do. And I don't like uh, 19s off-road and I don't like 18s on especially a hard packed motocross track. Uh, but even on like a sand, the 19s tend to be a little bit lighter. They feel lighter when you, when you ride them. So on motocross, uh, 
stuff. That's uh, it's it's better. That's why that's why they're on the bikes. So that's the that's the answer to that. So uh, Utah Desert Rider was asking Jimmy, "What's your take on Triumph? Will we see it, and will it be good?" Um, I think you'll see it because they've hired a lot of people and they're spending a lot of money and they're taking steps. They're really, you know, they're, they, they've got some really sharp people there. Um, so, and it's, it's not, it's, it's guys in the background that are, that are really sharp people. So, um, Triumph has never had a problem making horsepower in their motors. They have had a problem making bikes light. So in their, in their street history. So, that's kind of uh just what i know from from the outside but they're they've got big aspirations they're talking big and they haven't shown anything yet so they're supposed to show a 250 pretty soon i don't i haven't signed anything i don't know anything about it i wish i knew more i i know i want to call somebody but i'm under the impression these guys have signed their lives away on non-disclosure agreements and stuff but I, I do know somebody I could probably get some information out of, but then I don't want them to get in trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not seeing anything else from the chat. Um, okay. So I've got another question up on the, up on the, yep. from last week. I'm going to switch on to the little, to our sheet now. So this was commented on our Facebook post earlier that had all the typos. Uh, Derek Perez coming at you from uh, GR Michigan. Uh, Grand Rapids? Grand yeah, Rapids. Grand Rapids. Okay. Two questions. I have a Yamaha 83 Viagra uh, motorcycle that has a gas tank but only holds maybe one and a half gallons. Is there a recommendation for something special to hold extra gas on a ride? I'll be getting on it at some point. Do most of these products work for motorcycles too? So <laughs> an 83 Virago is a cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah the only only topped by the uh the uh, suzuki intruder as far as <laughs> um yeah uh, cruisers go is there something extra to hold gas on a ride man i don't think if you want to ride that bike <laughs> more than a gas tank uh something's wrong a um and it gets really good gas mileage and you're going to want to get off the seat on that thing in that much time. So yeah. Why are we getting Yamaha Virago questions <laughs> on our, on our chat? Well, we do say motorcycle related products and yeah, well try like right at the show. I said it's dirt bikes, but then maybe I didn't say that last time. And that's, that's where we're, that's where we're at. Is it maybe there was hey, a where, typo and we forgot, I forgot to put in the dirt bike part. Right, it could be. Uh, hey, I'm just kind of checking in to see where everybody's uh, at in the chat, where you people are coming from. I saw somebody, S. Benduro Riders says Stark Varg. Like, what What am I supposed to say? Are you, have you spent $100 to own a Stark Varg in the near future? And if you do, let me know how it works. <laughs> when you When you get it. Have you <laughs> it was, heard anything was, new on the Stark Varg front at all? Nope. I saw, I, I saw another, another barrage of, uh, social media stuff that they, they kind of threw out there. And it was like kind of these really poorly framed pictures of parts of the bike and kind of saying, look how cool it is. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, 
I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I hope the, hope the best for him. And I don't hate electric bikes. I'm just saying, don't hate electric bikes. Not yet. No. Give All me right. a reason to. So, uh, Greg, uh, Rose, so, uh, can you give me a rundown of how to adjust stock suspension for a different feel? Like how to make bi- the bike feel more nimble and slow stuff, both front and rear end adjustments. If you raise the forks up or down, do you mean to show more or less rings above the clamps? And this is all for his 2020 KTM 500. So actually a really good question. Um, how do you just basically, how do you set a bike up? So stock is generally pretty good for a very wide range of riders. And it doesn't matter what brand uh, they're, they, they do a really good job of getting the bike, probably the best it's going to work for a wide range of riders. So if the first thing you do is make sure that the clickers are in the stock positions. Okay. Cause I've seen bikes where the assembly guy tightened the screws, all of them, the high speed compression, the, you know, the clickers, they usually don't know there's ones on the bottom of the forks, but they'll also tighten the ones at the top. So they don't leak, you know, uh, make sure your clickers in the stock position. Then the very next thing to do is check your ride height. So your sag ride height. And you want to do that. You want to do what we call static sag, which is you, you measure the bike on the stand, fully extended, take the bike off the stand and measure how much it sags under its own weight. And then put yourself on the bike. And there's plenty of videos on the YouTubes that'll tell you how to do this. At least three out of the thousand of them are good that explain how to do it properly and take a measurement on the, of your weight on the bike and what that will do. And there's a range and every bike's a little bit different. And that's what they, you know, when they start talking about the hundred millimeters, 105 millimeters, 110 millimeters, that's usually with you on the bike, the 30 millimeters, 35 millimeters, 40 millimeters. That's kind of the weight with the bike just by itself. And when you do this, a lot of times you have people balance you, which is just fine, but make sure you're sitting where you are going to be sitting if you're sitting down. And I know a lot of guys that like to do it properly want you to stand up on the foot pegs when you do this. I do it. I always do it sitting down. I don't want somebody balancing the bike because I'm going to balance it myself because I index myself on the motorcycle when I do this. So I'm always doing it the same. And then I get a number. My number is generally very close to if I do it exactly how they prescribe in the books, the way I do it. So I'm, I can get the number and certain brands. I like their stock numbers, this sag that I get with their number. Other brands I like a little less. So in other words, I like a tighter spring or a smaller number. So if they recommend 110, I like 105. Just. That's from knowing it, from doing different things. So make sure your clicker's in the stock position, set your ride height. And then also the same thing about ride height is the fork height and the clamps. And you were, you were alluding to this. There is a setting in the manual that'll tell you where they want the fork set. And most motorcycles are delivered. Nah, I think I, I think they come these days with the forks on them. So they just put the wheel on. So the fork should be in the right thing. Check the torque on the fork clamp bolts because I've seen that same guy that tightened the screws also tighten the forks up and they went way past the, you know, 12 to 17 pounds that they're supposed to be. Again, your manual will tell you this thing. This gets everything in the right zone. 
and then and then you go ride it. And if it's brand new, ride it for a few hours and break it in because it does break in. And for me, suspension on most bikes takes at least four hours up to about 15 before it's free moving, whatever. I would say most bikes these days, five hours and you're, you're good, but I've had some that take a long time, but it seemed like those are older systems. And now they've got some of those materials and those, those things really good. And then ask yourself, how's it working? And then what do I want to do? And so maybe your question kind of starts evolving here. So you hear guys talk about balance and this is where the sag and the fork height come into play is, is bike balance. How much weight do you have on the front? How much weight do you have on the rear? And if you want more weight in the front, you can slide the forks up in the clamps, you know, or, you know, so you'll see more lines in the forks. If you, if you're going by the lines, Three millimeters, two, two to five millimeters. Like, so three millimeters is a good movement. So you should feel that you could slide the forks up, lower the front end down, or you could also add some spring preload to put more weight up on the front of the bike. And the, the, when, you know, so that, that kind of affects the stability. But also I would decide which end I wanted to do, you know, whether I'd want to add spring preload or move the forks based on kind of the steering character and also how the suspension is working. Like I don't want to, if my bike is, is kind of kicking a little bit in the rear, I would rather, you know, and I want more weight on the front at that point, I'm going to, you know, I, I, I'm like, going, well, can I, can I, you know, do something with the shock? In the rebound, slow the rebound down because that kicking might be, you know, doing. And actually, I'm, I'm explaining that wrong. So if it's kicking and I want, I still want more weight on the front, then I would want to open the rebound up, and that might make it kick a little bit more. So at that point, maybe it's like spring preloader. That actually, this, this the scenario I just described, I want stiffer fork springs. It's kind of kind of the weird way I'm thinking right now. But every bike's a little bit you know, unique and how they, how they respond to these things. And, and then, and then a lot of times I just try the simplest thing first and it could be something as simple as, you know, adding some high speed compression to the shock, which kind of affects the ride height. It causes the rear to come up a little bit. That may actually, um, you know, fix the, fix the issue. So, uh, but I just kind of systematically go about it and I kind of know what each adjustment does, what it feels like. And from, from doing that. And so maybe one of the things to do is go play with it, go, go ride your, your bike and give it five clicks of compression on the fork and then take five clicks out on the fork and feel the difference. Try the same thing with rebound, you know, try these different things in, in big changes so you can feel it. So you have an understanding of, of how they all, how they work. Um, and which is, it takes a, it takes some time to learn this and, <clears throat> A lot of times if, if, if somebody really knows what they're doing, they can, they can watch you ride and they can see what, um, they can really see what the bike is doing and then maybe see what you're doing. Cause I've seen a lot of times people are complaining about a bike and it's just a really simple riding technique that they might uh, be able to bone up on. Hey, speaking of that, I run an off-road riding school, Jimmy Lewis off-road training. We have a, a class next, is it next week? No, two weeks. Yeah, in uh, two weeks, two weekends, 
first first week of April. We have openings. You want to learn how to not get your ass kicked by an old man. Even if you're a really fast District 37 racer, you should come out and see me because I will tell you everything, every technique I use to hand you your ass this weekend as an old man. So uh, just saying. Okay, next question. Oh, hey, so how important is bleeding the forks? What happens if you bleed the forks without lifting the, and I think it says front wheel, but it's covered up on my screen. Uh, bleeding the forks is actually, eh, it depends. Again, some people like a little air in the forks. Uh, some people like zero. I tend to like, well, it depends on the on the bike. Like if the fork's a little bit soft, there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of air pressure in it. Uh, if they're a little stiff, a little air pressure goes a long ways in making them worse. Uh, and if you bleed it with the bike, with the weight on it, it creates like a negative, a little bit of negative air pressure in there. And like on the, on the old KTM 4CS forks, which were kind of known to be pretty stiff and, and kind of sticky, I would always run a little bit of negative air pressure in there and it was like magical. I mean, do you want to talk about a simple, cheap fix for a fork that everybody complained about? People ride like our test bikes that had them and they go, what'd you do these forks? And I go, secret. And I just took a little bit of air out of them. You know, I actually, actually bled the air and pushed down a little bit on them. So I'd have air bleeds and I just like that. And all of a sudden they got supple and people were like, oh, what'd you have done? You must have special forks. I'm like, no. So that works. Any other uh, any other questions pop up there? Uh, just Dave was chiming in. He's saying he would he'd be interested in that uh, Gove because it's a fourteen thousand dollar knockoff KTM without the import and DOT shenanigans. He would totally be willing to use it as a training bike and then rent the KTM when it was actually time for the Dakar. Uh, he's heard that the geometry and feel is pretty similar. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, will it work the same? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, 14, 14, it's half, basically half the price. Because when I talked to the guy at the show, they were talking about having like a DOT compliant one. And they were also talking about bringing like an uncorked uh, race racing version version in as well. Because it, you know, it kind of has all the shapes and the parts, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, like I said, ride, ride and decide. All right. Uh, what's the flag next to my name mean? <laughs> Somebody have a, a, a flag next to it. So uh, moving on to the next question. Um, this was uh, actually from our Instagram from uh, Ike Papowski. Um, uh-huh. You know how you you know how you can put a zip tie around the front brake lever, clamping the brake on overnight, and it really firms up the feel. How exactly does that work? Is it actually evacuating air from the system? Um, no, I kind of know how that works. So it's generally on on. On older bikes where the where the the seals um have lost their integrity. So up at the up at the uh the master cylinder, that seal is sort of losing its integrity. But when you put pressure up against it, it's like it's kind of like blowing up a balloon. And sometimes it's there's just a little bit of buildup around the edge of that seal, and it's allowing it's allowing some blow by and stuff. So use it, you know that's why sometimes you pump it up once or twice it kind of it kind of still works but if you pump it up and then use that zip tie to put pressure up against it it's like it's like making the system into it has pressure like a balloon and it's pushing back on that seal it's helps stretching it and um you know get it uh, kind of stuck to the outside it's kind of a temporary thing 
And oftentimes if you, if you, if you do that and then kind of go right to using it, uh, they'll stay like that if you kind of keep them in use. So sometimes the, I think sometimes the, the materials just harden up and they're not as, as pliable and flexible. But the other thing that it does is sometimes when you do that, um, it, it does compress, compress the air. And then the air sometimes rises up to the top because just it gets agitated or whatnot. But if you do it, if you do like I, I've done that on some bikes, especially bikes that have like ABS systems, it it does seem to help. And then when you when you finally do release it, it seems like that helps get the air out. And I'm I'm not exactly sure of the physics or the or the um the the chemistry involved in that, but how pressure works on the uh, air bubbles, but it does, but I think it's mostly, it's just, it's like blowing up a balloon for a while and then just putting pressure against the, against the seal is why it makes it works. So, okay. But that was on our Instagram. That was from our Instagram comment uh, yep. on the post earlier today. Uh, did you get anything else from the Instagram live feed? No, it's pretty, pretty qu- quiet out there. Okay. People just hang up, hang up on us out there. So <laughs> the, uh, on so we had a comment on the Gas Gas uh, EX250 review. Um, right. And now it's more more or less the point that this person is trying to bring up that I kind of wouldn't mind uh, getting your thoughts on. So it's Yamaha and the other Japanese manufacturers need to go back to the steel frame like the Austrian brand. And so. Uh, no, they don't. Uh, the variety is good, I, I believe, having having different, different variety. And you know what's funny is I heard... I was listening to um, uh, another another uh, racing podcast show, and they had a rider on that was talking about he had he had experience on both. Um, he, he moved around; he rode a lot of different bikes, and he was saying that he felt that the steel frames were way stiffer than the aluminum ones, which kind of kind of surprised me. I was like, interesting. And then I'm starting to think about, okay, well, how are they setting it up and all these other things? Cause steel frames, the, the, they, they, they can be, you can make them stiffer, but I think they, they, they flex differently. So it was just interesting to see, you know, someone that, that obviously has a feel for bikes or you think has a feel for bikes, um, kind of saying what's, what's a little bit different. Um, I don't, I don't think that I think they're they're getting so good with tuning the 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 flex character of the frames and and getting it the way that they that they want to um, that it's no it's not it's not a steel versus aluminum thing it's just how they tune the tune the bike and some manufacturers for me personally tune it in a way that um, I don't I don't care for it and I want to mess with it um, I think Yamaha. Man, I tell you what, the my YZ125, I always go back to this. That's an awesome aluminum frame. And it's it's kind of the first, it was the very first one they ever did. And it's a conventional, um, it's a real conventional design as opposed to you know some of the twin spar ones that uh, are in the, on most of the four strokes and stuff now. So pretty um pretty good there. Uh, but even even the I like the I like the Yamaha road frames. Uh they seem to work really good. The Hondas tend to feel a little bit stiff for me. I haven't ridden the Kawasaki's, but I know Trevor raves about how the Kawasaki works off-road, which kind of makes sense to me just based on how they work on the motocross track. With my limited uh, 
with, with my limited experience on the KX the 250X, that that bike was the one I what was most comfortable on like instantly, like without making any adjustments. I was super comfortable on that bike. So it's strange because that's like one of the that's one of the ones they made some of the the least amount of changes on mm-hmm. to get you know to to turn it into an off road platform. So. Right. Hey, let's uh, let's uh, run our commercials here real quick, and then we'll come back with everybody's favorite segment, Roosterando. Rooster if you don't know what Roosterando is, it's Takamoto's Roosterando. That is where you send us a picture of your bike, tell us year, make, model. It's important, even though some people don't do it. And then send us a picture and tell us about what you did to your bike, and then we uh, chat about it. I come to a decision and we give the one that gives us the most enjoyment a hundred bucks. So thanks to taco motor for doing that. And uh, if somebody wants to join in on the seat concepts, hot seat hotline, feel free to do that as well. We can answer your questions live and uh, I'm going to hang up on all you Instagrammers because uh, I got to use my phone for something else now. So we'll see you at the end of this commercial break. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, All of our Taco Moto co-branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty. And we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, ridden, and raced, and nose meets the the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. All right. And we are back. back. Thank you for uh, diving into the (laughs) Diving into the set here. Got wires hanging all over the place. The studio's a disaster. Producer that won't even come in. It's so bad. Hey, uh, (laughs) welcome back to the show. Thanks to all of our sponsors for helping us out there. You hopefully heard them all, watched them all, buy their stuff. Tell them we sent you. It helps out. It really, uh, really does. So, uh, Matt, we're gonna get. You know what? What's up? Yeah, go ahead. Right, right into right into Roosterando. All right. Just start things up. Let's go. So let's get this one up. Uh, well, it came out massive here. Right. Well, at least it's a good size photo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not one of those profile pics that we get sent every now and then. Right. Okay. So this is from Andy. Uh, Andy Lagzins. Andy L. <laughs> Hollywood Movie Lags-Lags. Bikes. It's a 2019 YZ250FX. A seven-inch uh, MGO headlight, works connection, radiator braces, 1972 DT1MX custom airbox cover, FMF 4.1 slip-on, scrambler seat modification, 1987 YZ250 rear fender, a Harley front fender, gold Excel rims on stock hubs, 
Forks and rear shock have been lowered by two inches and revalved by Georgia ESP. This bike was the principal stunt bike used on the filming of the Fast and the Furious 9, shot in the palm oil plantations in Krabby, uh, uh, Thailand. It was written by Debbie Evans, Jimmy Roberts, and Crystal Hooks in the filming of the movie in 2019. This bike was restored and is now used for fun rides around L.A. So that's a pretty cool looking bike. It's, you know, professionally built uh, bike. I think, mm-hmm. I think that it looks pretty cool, uh, not just because it's Yamaha. Yamaha, big sponsor of the show. Yeah. Uh, but I remember KTM, they did a KTM, uh, like a, a Kurt Caselli tribute bike. Uh, but they, they use, they, they kind of did the sort of same thing to a KTM and originally I kind I, I thought I liked it. And then I've just seen pictures of it pop up lately and I don't, I didn't like it as much anymore. It just looked kind of too boxy where this one actually looks pretty good. I mean, at least yeah. from the angle we're looking at it now, it, it has that retro, you know, it has that retro look, but not so I don't know. It looks, it just looks pretty well done. Although it'd be interesting to see how you get gas in it. Right. But he called, he called the gas tank an airbox cover. And I'm pretty sure it is because we, it, it looks like the stock gas tank is on there and we all know where the airbox is on that bike. So mm-hmm. um, that's, it's probably, you probably unscrew the cap and then lift the cover off and then you can get to the, uh, <laughs> to the gas tank. But uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, if, is if it take, an FMF slip on? It doesn't look like an FMF slip on. It looks like uh, kind of looks like the stock one, doesn't it? Kind of looks like it. It also looks like maybe it has some like, extra stuff wrapped around it. It has that like that that angle that that angled piece on the side. But yeah, it looks uh, looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't. I think it'd be really cool to show up at a motocross track with this thing. Like, take that two inch lowering uh kit out of it. There you go. I, I and I don't know how you're riding around the streets of LA, you know, no, uh, <laughs> no, uh, no license plate. So, right. I mean, this is an old photo, but yeah, I, I mean, this thing roosts. I think this is the most unique submission, one of the most unique submissions we've gotten. No, it, it roosts. It definitely roosts. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt about it. I don't know. I don't know how practical. I don't know how practical it is. Uh, I like how it's, I would like. I would like. It, it's a nice that they sent a nice size photo, but I would have liked a better photo of it. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> maybe right. doing some roosting. All right, cool. So up next is going to be going to be a Cody. So Victor just popped up with a question in the chat here. He says, one more question. Is there an attachment or tool for that 2010 CRF to tune or add maps? I'm new to this on fuel injection stuff. So yeah, there's an HRC tuning tool that um, I actually have. Uh, and I have the, I have the, it's really expensive. And uh, I have the, 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 the cradle or the, you know, the, so the thing, the weird thing about it is you have to have it hooked up to a battery. It's kind of a bad design. It's probably why they're not really promoting it anymore, but uh, yeah, Victor, there is a, there is a tool for it. Um, and I, you, I don't know what you would want to do to it. Cause they're actually 2010 was, I was a little bit, the, I know the nine was really smooth. It was really easy to ride, but we can probably tune something for you, mm-hmm. but okay, go ahead, Matt. All right. So this is going to be from a uh, Cody Bolton, uh, Bolton. There we go. A 21501 
wrap uh, warp nine wheels, vortex computer, FMF pipe, scooter, uh, scrub designs, plastics, and plastic, uh, plastics and graphics, taco LEDs, ta- seat concepts, comfort seats, CMT carbon bites, ta- some titanium bites. Been judged before, bites but they're set up. One thumbs down bites, and one thumbs up. Bites or bits? Um, bits. 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 Okay, good. Man, did, have you been hanging out with Cooper? Uh, I haven't seen tail titty yet, so um, yeah, I think we're still good. <laughs> what about the tires? Yeah, so I'm he not, said he said he's been he said he's been judged before, so he should oh. know not to judge the. He should know not to submit certain bikes like this, because yeah. I don't know if I'm he here did. for you know we here we judge dirt bikes we don't judge highlighters. <laughs> yeah dirt bike test i i mean as a supermoto bike i think that i think that's a i think that's a if you sent that to tech supermoto dot dot taco talk uh you'd probably win yeah but uh here um not 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 really not really feeling not really feeling it no i don't even i mean I don't even know if you, if it had dirt tires on it. What I would what I would think it's it like you said it is pretty bright. Yeah, yeah. Not I that I'm the, against like the the flow kind of colors. You know, um, that's what you call them. Uh, yeah. I don't mind neon colors, but the the neon yellow just highlighters don't do it for me. Yeah, tires match the graphics. No. <laughs> that's an endo. 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 Okay. Now yeah. we've made it. Now we've made an enemy. Yeah. Well, he told us not to judge, and we went straight down judgment row. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brenda is asking in the chat: Is that a rear fender in the front? That's the other problem the supermoto guys have. They don't want that flappy front fender when they're going 130 miles an hour. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So this next. next one is going to be from Frank uh, Mandrino. Mandrino. It's a 2012 KTM 500 EXE, a Cherubis 4.1 tank, overhaul WP suspension, fuel tuner, emission delete, adventure spec mini fairing, and setup as a lightweight adventure bike. That's 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 the list. That that's is the incomplete, the incomplete list that he sent in. Oh yeah, there's extra there's extra stuff on here, isn't there? Right, a couple little extra things. The effort. I'm just. I'm. I'm getting. I'm getting a C. A C plus for effort on this <laughs> particular thing. He I, gets I an A plus for safety because he's got three mirrors. He's got the stock, and then he's got uh one more mirror. Oh boy! So he can really see what's behind him. <laughs> oh, does Frank's in the it? chat. Frank's in the chat too. Does he? Does he ride it that slow? So that he has to be looking behind him all the time. Uh, this is like a little concerning because I see it looks like he has a tidy tail in that thing. He's got his FMF on there. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's some different sprocket, looks like. He's got a disc front disc protector. I can't tell if it's a big giant metal one or, you know, that generally like to hide hide behind those things. Uh, yeah, a little, little worried about the mirrors. I don't like all the power poles or trees or wires sticking out in the back of the photo, the trailer underneath the fender. Yeah. Nice. 
bike, but it's andoing on my on my part. The, the, not, the bike is I'm not, it's I'm not feeling the stoke off of this. I think there there could be a lot more stoke involved in this bike. Well cared for 2012. I I would take this thing and ride it down any trail, but the mod list isn't complete. <laughs> I don't I don't mind it when they they give us a, the the cliff notes. Mm-hmm. He had to throw the mirrors on for the inspection the other day. Did he wash it? Because I can't tell if it looks like it's been washed either. Or maybe it's just those, the- those mirrors are pretty clean. I can see where he could. He just threw them back on really quick. Yeah, you got one of those states where they have you know Nazi inspectors where they have to do that. Yeah, you should have should have taken them off when you, you know, before you showed it went to show it off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm, go- I'm going I'm going to lean towards the endo endo side on this one. This bike in real life really roosts, but the off all the rules the endo. <laughs> all right. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Uh, let's go. So this next Especially one, when the guys in the chat, poor guy. Yeah, poor. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> he went to all that effort, not much, uh, to give us that. Uh, Give us that uh, picture and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Okay, next one. All right, so this next one is going to be from Jared. Uh, let me get the picture framed up a little bit better. There we go. This is going to be from Jared Stone. Okay. Now, this bike started its life as a KTM 300, uh, 2015 KTM 300 FCW six days. But since but since then, it's like undergone some changes, very significant ones. Uh, BRC 500 conversion, uh, high gee uh, snow bike pipe, FMF turbine core, seat concepts, element seat, a radiator. Hey, hey, del- Jared, Jared's, Jared's in the chat and he just launched his 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 uh, plea to the chat. He, he basically is saying everything you said. Yeah. Yeah. But, so this is a five, the KTM 500. Right. Radiator delete, XRT engineered tunnel cooler. Coolant heated uh, bars, flow ADV pegs, craft built forks. Okay, coolant coolant heated bars. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of this before. We looked them up how they look. uh, We looked up how they work before, and it's actually pretty cool. Uh, And the Fox QS3 shocks. So I'm I'm looking looking at this. I kind of want to see. I kind of want to see the whole bike. I'm like, I, I so, you couldn't take you couldn't take another step back or were you gonna fall off a cliff? <laughs> That's what I'm curious about about right there. Right. Or you and he, yeah, okay. He gave a much more complete list in the chat than in my email than in the email. Oh well he probably heard us bagging on Frank there yeah. and just started getting <laughs> and just the type started going away in the in the type in the chat. So how does how does that I'm more curious about how that BRC kit runs? Um I mean, does it does it rev? Uh, you know, cause a lot of times it's really easy to, to, you know, just make a bigger displacement, but when you're taking, uh, so, so the, the, you're taking a, you know, you, you want to put 500 cc's of gas up into that thing and you're pumping it into a crankcase that's sized for a 300 cc motor. So it's almost deficient by at least a third of, of the, the crankcase volume for for certain you know aspects of it and like a lot of times the bikes that do that because i remember when 
when Mako, he says, play the YouTube video I sent. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get the YouTube video. Matt, did you play the YouTube video? Uh, I didn't play the YouTube video because. Didn't play the YouTube video. Well, uh, were, were, weren't you begging for video submissions at one point? Yeah, but let me see. I didn't even if you can if you can if you can organize this. So, anyways, back to when you when you were dropping these bigger and bigger cylinders on these two strokes, they they just kind of quit revving and the power bands got shorter and shorter. So I've uh I've <laughs> my excuses are on full today. <laughs> uh so I, it, I'm always curious about how it runs. I'm not a fan of the graphics kit, uh, by the way, um, Jared, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm interested in the bike because, I mean, any snow bike, the more power you can give it, the better. And what's the the tag on this? Oh, that's probably his snow permit uh, on, the, on the side of his track there so he can go up and ride around. Yeah. Um, uh, so we don't play videos like this. We don't we don't play banger clips. We play submissions videos oh he, he he sent a banger clip yeah should we watch it uh it's two minutes it's too long oh yeah it's over the over the over the <laughs> so why are the radiator guards when you said a radiator delete uh it has to have some radiators someplace did he say complete radiator delete uh, not completely radiatedly, but I can see there's some hoses and stuff that you would want to protect. Protect. It has a, it has a radiator, yeah, radiator uh, handlebar. So I don't, I don't know that the that the <laughs> that the handlebars could release enough heat. Oh, he says zero radiators. Wow, that's uh that's pretty sporty. <laughs> well, I am seeing hoses and stuff for the coolant. That that are, is is that what's coming out the back? I'm assuming that's what's coming out of the back. I'm not 100 sure how this works though. Yeah, how does that how does that work? I mean, yeah. where is it? Like, I'm, it's cool? Or is the are the radiators back on the track? Because there's a lot of rooms on the back of the tracks. So is this permission to start talking snowmobiles? Uh, no, we're talking motorcycles without radiators. That's that's what we're that's what we're talking right now. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can zoom in the photo and make it any bigger, but I don't think I can not on my end. There's a lot, there's a lot missing from this photo. I'm, I'm confused on uh, information at the moment. So uh, Dennis, I'm, Dennis I'm, Faldorf is asking if there's has heat exchangers instead of the, if maybe that's what these pipes are. Well, that's what, yeah. So, so you're just pumping the cooling out. A long distance and expecting it to go away. I mean, a radiator is essentially a heat exchanger. That's what that's what that is. So let's see what uh, see what Jared comes up with. Uh, heat exchangers. Let's see, just like a snowmobile heat exchanger. Yeah. So that's something I don't know about. We're not talking about snowmobiles. And since you, this bike is identifying as a snowmobile, I'm going to when you get your dirt wheels back on this thing. Uh, snow cooled. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, when you get the dirt wheels back on it, uh, let me, I, I still want to know if it, I guess, yep, it revs or yep, it doesn't have. Anyways, I'm confused. Zero radiators. Uh, I'm really intrigued by this bike. I, I really am, but, uh, it's an endo for me for now. 
Oh, and, and Frank, here goes Frankie. Typed up <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Mark, that endo's about as hard as the dude who won't even send you your shirt. <laughs> it revs pure mayhem. Okay. I'm going to take your word for it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm just all confused right now. So it's, uh, it's endo. It looks it, cold. The bike looks cold right it, now and you need to take a step back. There's, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of interesting things on that bike that I'd like to learn more about. Um, okay. okay. We got one more, one more. And this one is a dirt bike and it's a pretty popular dirt bike actually. Okay. This is, there we go. Got the picture up there. Look at that sled. Yeah. This is from uh, Shane Mo- uh, Monreal. 20. Okay. This is a 2002 YZ250 FMF fatty pipe, FMF 2.1 core uh, turbine core silencer, Tusk impact wheels, 18 inch rear wheel, front moose, Tusk hand guards, Devol skid plate, E line pipe guard, desert tank, Dehaley uh, flyweight. Steely. Steely. Flywheel you know blade. Derek Steely, who who is running that company now, used to work for me at Dirt Rider. Oh, yeah, he he was he was one of the contestants in our. Uh, we picked an editor. We did like a reality TV show. Pick an editor. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, so yeah, Steely is the name. Okay, flywheel weights. Nice uh, tusk foot pegs, rear tiger strap, strap, fastway kickstand, and a steel braided front brake line. Well, that's a that's a that's a, a a a long list of stuff that that bike probably needed to have replaced. Uh, seems like a seems like a good good unit. You know he he took a little. I don't know what the I don't know what the thing with the 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 he he, he did take the bike a picture of the bike from like a lower angle, which I like. Uh, but they're always turning the handlebars away. And I always think now that it's because I complain about the, uh, you know, the, the front discard, mm-hmm. but uh nice, nice machine. I think, uh, you know, he's got all, he's got all the stuff. Hopefully he used our, when he bought all that uh, Rocky mountain Tusk stuff, he used our click through code. That would be, that would be helpful to us. We do get a little bit back from that and uh, we do appreciate it, uh, but uh He's got all the things on that bike. That's a that's a nice bike. I'll bet you that bike roosts. Yeah, this one roosts for me. It's it's nice and pure. Like it has two wheels. Uh, there's no. <laughs> it, has, it has two wheels with knobby tires on it. Yeah, it has a a pretty complete list of stuff. Um, yeah, and it, it still looks like it's still going strong. Yeah, that's a. Uh... That's this one, Roos. I, I like this one a lot. Right now, we got to go back and pick a winner. Uh, I already have a winner. It's you. You have a winner. Yeah, I have a winner. You're gonna pick that movie bike. Oh yeah, yeah, the movie. Only bike. only because it's a Yamaha, and you're just uh, you're just playing to the sponsors. No, no, it's it's unique. It's a cool bike. I mean, it's actually used in the in, in a in the movie. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a that's a good bike, and. Uh, but for me, uh, that bike. My second place is also. What's that? Sorry. That that bike roosts, uh, but it's it's already been uh, featured someplace else. So it's like kind of we got we got second dibs. If they would have premiered it on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, it would have yeah. won. But this thing's already been seen every place else, and it's just like a. It's kind of like a 
it's kind of like a worn out porn star, you know, mm. it's, uh, it's had its, it's had its fame and it's not going to get any better. Uh, the, 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 the other bikes, uh, man, they were, they were kind of close. You know, some of them were close in a lot of ways. Like a, a BRP 500 is definitely, I'm curious, but I'm going, I'm going with Shane's bike. That was my second one. My second one's going to be it. Because it's because it's a Yamaha and we only pick Yamahas on. Well, on no, this, it's, uh, it's it's an old YZ two fifty. <laughs> like that's an amazing bike. He clearly he's he's doing a lot of maintenance to keep this thing going. He's had this thing for a while, presumably. Yeah, or maybe not. Maybe he just got it and fixed it up. I mean, yeah. even some of the stuff he did, like the the front brake line, mm-hmm. uh, the going to the steel braided front brake line. I, I wish he would route it a little better. It looks a little floppy to me, but he that that. That mod, because Yamaha used to have to run their brake line down underneath Under the, the fork like, and back up over the bottom because of a patent uh, infringement. Mm-hmm. And so they had to do all this other stuff. So there's a lot of lot of little things that are going on in this motorcycle that just shows me it's like he's doing the best he can with what he has. And he looks like he could use a hundred bucks for sure. I'm sure Takamoto has something that'll you know help him out and uh, make that bike even better. And I like to share the stoke that way. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm 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 sorry, Frank, because you're man, you're super close. A little more effort, and that bike would have been good there too. So, but yeah, I'm going with the. Uh, I, I want to go with Shane, and since it's my show, uh, that's who wins. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, appreciate Frank and uh, so appreciate Jared. Frank and Jared for uh, putting their stuff in the chat and being engaging. Yeah. It's uh yeah <laughs> Appreciate it's like it's it, so. like stormy daniels mm-hmm. is so, what is uh is what uh victor's saying about the uh the, the, um, the porn stars the 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 movie bike yeah yeah so uh shane monreal uh go ahead and uh reach out to me and we'll get you dialed in reach out to me at matt at jimmy lewis off-road yeah, thanks for submitting that stuff. Hey, I want to talk about uh, my product of the week. So I talked about one product of the week already. Bulletproof Designs uh, brings you the product of the week. And it's actually the Bulletproof Designs chain guard for my KTM swing arms. I had them on both of the bikes that I was uh, racing this weekend. I was glad I did because I saw where I ran my chain guide up against rocks. Got a little, got a little close with them. And those things, I mean, would I have broken them off? Probably not because I didn't see a lot of chain guides laying on the ground, but I felt safer doing it when I when I was when I was deciding how much I was willing to lean it into that thing. I knew I had good protection on that on that chain guide, and so I wasn't too worried about it. And you should see, like I was looking closely at my chain when I was washing the bike. There was a place where I must have just just landed on a rock and the, the chain has a big old gouge in it. And this is the kind of stuff that when you're washing your bike, it's a really good time to uh, check that stuff out. But anyways, so uh, pretty stoked on, on that. And now I'm going to be looking at some uh, upgraded chain guides on my bikes. Cause they, the, the stock chain guides were what was on it and probably need to go up a level. Next thing. I like my climb stuff. And I talked about them. I think I talked about them last week or the week before the inversion gloves. Uh, these things were awesome because in the morning it was cold and it was wet and I just put these on and my hands were stoked. So they have Windstopper, they have Gore-Tex and the the new ones compared to the old ones have Gore-Tex in them, which 
She gives them that one little bit of waterproof that makes a big difference. And I will tell you what, my hands, and when my hands get cold, I get miserable and then I can't ride as good. They're not fat and bulky like uh, most other gloves that are winter style gloves. And if you're riding in changing conditions, uh, these are awesome to start out with in the morning. And they, they're small, so you can just stuff them into a pocket when you're done, just like this, and away they go. Uh, the fit is really good. And if you're worried about the price, yep, they are expensive. But I have some of the original ones of these that are like literally 10 years old, and they're still kicking, and I wear them a lot. So uh, I had my new ones. I didn't even break them in. I just threw them on, rode the first test with them in the morning, and was happy. So uh, climb inversion gloves, liking them. Uh, somebody's talking about you in the chat, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, I need to, I need to loosen up a little. Loosen up a little bit. Yeah, I need to get a sense of humor. Get a sense, of, maybe get a sense of humor. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm working on it. You know, someone found one. <laughs> kind of like a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, I haven't found one yet. Right. He did. He, uh, did, so, he did uh, say maybe get a little. So maybe that's what he meant. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so to Kawasaki, they ran the brake lines down under the fork because of the patent. Yes. Any of the manufacturers that had like what would now be considered a funky brake line routing uh, was because um, Honda had the patent that where where it came down and then went around the inside of the fork leg. Now, like every single brake uh, does. So I think that finally ran out. And uh, people were able to to use that. So, anyways, there, uh, so Jimmy, actually, while we're talking about the the brake line going underneath the fork leg, was there any like performance difference at all? Uh, I know there was like a like if it wasn't underneath that cover, it was definitely a little bit more of a risk of getting caught or cut. Um, so, but did, was there any more performance difference at all? There's a, there was a huge difference just less less brake line it just made them be less mushy those things were nearly impossible to to bleed mm-hmm. like when when you go to you'd have to take it off to get you know get the air to go back up and it was uh yeah never um was never a fan of that and that was actually an aftermarket thing for a while there were companies were making steel braided brake lines and you know reroute you know a reroute kit for the for the things and they started designing the fort guards to work better with uh with that system but yeah that was uh one of the one of the things mm-hmm. made the so brakes very other, spongy as okay mark was saying it made the brakes very spongy yes it did <laughs> so is you is, is jay your buddy i have no idea who jay is he's he's jay Moreau. he said your dude <laughs> Well, I think that's just a way of talking. It's like, give me my, got it. Give me my guy. Something like that. You know, your guy. Okay. But less cringy. Got it. I say it's a little more cringy. Okay. Uh, hey, again, thanks to all of our sponsors, uh, Yamaha, Taco Moto, Scott Sports. I wore my uh, amplified lenses this weekend. Saw every rock that I hit. I didn't hit very many of them. Uh, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Seat Concepts. Bulletproof designs and double take mirrors. Uh, I got to find something to give away besides a T. Actually, maybe I can re-give away Mark's T-shirt to the next guy that calls in on the seat concepts. <laughs> Hot seat hotline. But I got to get that donkey Ricky to sign it. I yeah. saw him this weekend. 
And uh, I plan skied my result to make sure that uh, I beat him. Um, so, because I mean, like, I think I'm pretty close to twice his age. I was riding a, a stock bike, not a full JCR factory prep bike. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I had to pass a whole bunch of guys that were in the way and he didn't have to pass that many guys. So I think I beat him if you just, if you just do the score scoring, right. Do you, so, so do you actually know where you finished or did you not? And then, he, and, then, and then he left. So I couldn't get his autograph on the shirt uh, that I didn't have from, from Mark. I've got, it's out here someplace, but then, then I would have to find a post office to be able to mail it and all that other stuff. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's what we have going on. So cool. any other, any other stuff we need to take care of here, Matt? Uh, nothing else on my end. Uh, nothing on your all's end. looking good. I'll keep work, looking on uh, working on getting that sense of humor, right? And spelling, spelling, spelling too. Yeah, got it. Okay, everybody. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us tonight, and uh, we'll probably be back next week if I don't go skiing for uh, another exciting episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. So, Perfect. with that, um, hey, we have class April spots open. So come and join the class. Uh, if you want to become a better rider, it's the best modification you can make for your bike, except for a muffler, you know, because mufflers go a long ways in making you faster. So with that, uh, we will see you out in the trail. Cheers. Yeah.